Welcome back to SEC Football Unfiltered, our podcast from the USA Today Network. I am Blake Topmeyer, alongside two-time published author, my good friend, John Adams. John, what a, what a place we find ourselves in here in the middle of October. You have Georgia and Tennessee as the rulers of the SEC. You have Ole Miss atop the standings in the SEC West. You got Alabama just sort of tootling along there, losing to Tennessee on Saturday and wondering if they can get back into this thing. Wild world we're living in now in the SEC, isn't it? Yeah, it is kind of nice to see somebody else up there. I mean, go back to preseason. I, I would say 99% of the people said, okay, you got Alabama in the West, Georgia in the East. That's clear cut. Forget about that. Now drop below them, and who knows what could happen. I mean, just a few weeks ago, John, we were on this podcast saying, who's the number three team in the SEC? So, yeah, that's spot <laughs> yeah, on. That that was the take. But now that's not as such a take. And we've seen Alabama losing to Tennessee in a classic game. But we've also seen Georgia barely beat Missouri. I mean, barely. And also not look very good against Kent State. Beat Kent State by 17 points. Beating a MAC team by 17 points. And you're supposed to be a SEC Goliath. That's... That's that. That's not impressive. So it, we have a different take on it. You know, it's kind of funny to see Ole Miss seven and zero, but I will say that in preseason, when you looked at that schedule, I think you could make a case for Ole Miss being seven and zero if everything broke right. We knew it had all those transfers, but we saw what happened the previous year. Lane Kiffin brought in a bunch of transfers, transformed the defense. And had a good offense. So the same things happened. And, you know, obviously the game of, of Saturday was Tennessee ending its its 15-game losing streak to Alabama, winning on the last second field goal. What a duel of quarterbacks and Hendon Hooker and Bryce Young. Hendon Hooker had more support. Bryce Young was almost a one-man band in that game for Alabama. He was fantastic. But he just does not have the supporting cast that uh, Alabama teams typically do. Rather than just rehash that game, John, because if you're listening to this podcast, you probably watched that game. So you don't need us to tell tell you all about it. I think both you and I came away with this question, and I think we had the same answer. I, I read it in our columns. Who should be ranked number one in the country? If if you had a vote in the AP poll, who are you going with right now as your number one team between you know Georgia, Ohio State, Tennessee, Michigan? Because in the in the immediate aftermath of Tennessee beating Alabama, I said Tennessee should be number one. If you're basing it on resume, Tennessee should be number one. They have the best win of the season. They've also beat. Pittsburgh on the road, they beat Florida, they beat, they demolished LSU on the road. You also wrote that after the game. You thought Tennessee's number one. Now that some time has passed, do you think if you had a ballot, Tennessee, are they the number one team as we stand here, you know, in the middle of October? Yeah, and that would be easy for me. Not, and not just, it has nothing to do with living in Knoxville or, or covering that team as a columnist. It's just, that's, 
that's the standard I always applied. I had different criteria, but the main thing I looked at was who's done the most. I applied the eye test. I apply applied dominant victories. Sure. And, but head to head, that was a factor, certainly. But when you look at who's done the most, Tennessee has beaten Florida, LSU, of course, Alabama, but Florida, LSU, and a Pittsburgh team that was ranked in the top 20 when it beat it. I think Pitt's lost two games. Uh, I don't follow that program closely for obvious reasons. But uh, <laughs> I, I just think, yeah, I wouldn't have a hard time at all deciding who's number one. It would be tougher number two. I would probably have Michigan number two based on how it pulled away from Penn State last Saturday. And I kind of think Maryland's a pretty good team. It beat a, it's a two loss team and beat Maryland. Ohio state, I think might have the most talent and it's put on a show, but what's its best win? I mean, it only beat Notre Dame 21 to 10 and Notre Dame lost to Stanford this past week. Notre Dame's lost a three games. It's three and three. And you're going to set that up as your marquee win. I, I, you know, if it would have be if Ohio State would have dominated Notre Dame, I might look at it, give it a little more, a few, give it a few more points. But right now, I would have uh, Tennessee, Michigan, Georgia, which dismantled Oregon, and then I would have Ohio State based on the eye test. And of course, it's it's a fun talking point. Um, it's. It's one of the things I love about college football is the subjective nature of it and the debate surrounding the polls. It can be frustrating at times, but I think it's what differentiates a sport, what's make, one of the things that makes it different from a lot of professional sports. Uh, but so many times, after all the debate, it gets settled on the field, and that will be the case, particularly in the SEC. Tennessee will have to go to Georgia in November, Alabama still has a chance to get to Atlanta, but they have to go through Ole Miss, which is undefeated. You know, can Ole Miss stay undefeated? Those teams will meet uh, in the second weekend of November in Oxford. So there's this will be decided on the field, particularly in this conference, and then you get into the playoffs and and really settle things. But really, as we sit here, John, there are four teams in the SEC that I think you have to say are at least in the playoff conversation at this moment in time. You have the three undefeateds in Georgia, Tennessee, Ole Miss. You have Alabama with the loss Saturday to Tennessee, but they still have a chance here to run the table and the SEC West get to Atlanta. Yeah, basically the formula of last season, getting the playoffs. They were upset on the road by Texas A&M, and then they ran the table until the national championship game last year. So that that's the formula for Alabama this year. I don't think their team is as good as it was last year, but that's the avenue. So there are four teams in play from the SEC for the college football playoff right now. Let's go pretender or contender status for each team. All right, basically, are you buying them as a playoff team or are they a pretender? Let's start. Let's start in the East. Let's start with the number one team in the land, according to the polls, not according to the way you and I would vote it right now, but according to the polls, the number one team in the land is Georgia. Georgia, you mentioned, has had a couple shaky games, maybe a little bit fortunate in a way to have beaten Missouri on the road, but they've bounced back. 
dominated Auburn. They dominated Vanderbilt, two of the weaker teams in the SEC, but they didn't have any trouble with them. So what do you think? Contender, pretender for the playoff Georgia? Um, yeah, definitely a contender. It's the defending national championship champion. It lost all those players to the NFL, particularly on defense. But the defense is still really talented. I like its secondary a lot, and that seems to matter more than ever in college football. I still wonder about its offense from time to time. So does it need more wide big plays from its wide receivers? Is that an area of concern? But But yeah, no question. It's a very strong contender. I agree. I think there's there's little question on this one. If I were to present a devil's advocate argument, and this really isn't that they're not a contender, it, but, but it's just that Georgia's schedule is going to get tougher. You know, they opened with that clash against Oregon and, and destroyed Oregon. But since then, the schedule really eased up. Now it starts to pick up. I know Florida's not a great team, but that's a neutral site rivalry game. That's coming off of a bye. Georgia has a bye week, an off week this week. Then they have the neutral site rivalry against Florida. Then they have home against Tennessee, on the road against Mississippi State, on the road against Kentucky. So although this isn't a brutal schedule for Georgia overall, especially as compared to some of their SEC peers, the toughest stretch is coming up. But no question uh, they're they're a contender for the playoff. Let's flip for one to the other side before we return to the East, John. And the team we saw lose to Tennessee for the first time since 2006 and just make a bunch of gaffes in that game. It wasn't just that Tennessee's offense was so good. That's true. But Alabama had the special teams blunders. They had all those penalties. Still almost won the game. Could have probably would have won the game if Will Reichert makes that 50 yard field goal. Maybe would have won the game if Jameer Gibbs would have caught that second down pass and turned that 50 yard field goal into maybe a 43 yard field goal. But they didn't. They lost. And they almost lost the week before to Texas AM. And they almost lost to Texas in week two. So what do you think? Alabama bounced back here. Are they a contender for the college football playoff? Or are they pretender? You know, I don't feel real confident saying this because of Alabama's history and under Nick Saban, but I think it's a pretender. I don't think this team has played very well very often. It's got talent, and that has enabled it to prevail. Easily could have lost to a mediocre Texas A&M team, and I thought it was dead in the water against Texas. Bryce Young pulled it pulled it uh, out, but it, he wouldn't have if Quinn Ewers hadn't been hurt in the first quarter. So I think Alabama um, is very much a pretender right now. I want to say wow, John, but I don't disagree with it. I mean, it's wow from the sense of like Alabama, Pender yeah. coming into the season. We Who would have thought that at this point? But if you're just basing it on what we've seen, yeah, I mean, it, you know, I think the easy thing to say right now is, well, Alabama has everything out in front of them. If they beat Ole Miss, they get to Atlanta, you know, they could win that game and they're in the playoff. I'm not so sure they won't lose to somebody else in addition to Ole Miss. I, I don't know if they'll they'll beat Ole Miss or not, but they got Mississippi State this week, and Mississippi State's licking its wounds after falling at Kentucky last weekend. Then they go on the road to LSU, and then they have Auburn at home in the Iron Bowl. And before you think like, oh, they're not going to lose to LSU or they're not going to lose to Auburn, a better Alabama team last year 
nearly lost to both LSU and Auburn. Like they get in all these close games here in the last year and a half. And I know we've said before on this podcast and we're backpedaling away from it that, you know, Bryce Young papers over the cracks and he can pull a rabbit out of his hat time. And again, and he darn near did it again Saturday. But we're seeing now, if you go to the well too many times, maybe more times than not, Bryce Young's going to be able to pull it out for you. But not every time. And that's, yeah. yeah, I don't know how great of a winning formula that is, is like make a <laughs> bunch of mistakes and, and, and make your, your quarterback be in position to have to bail you out time and time and again without much help around him. That's, that's not a real great formula. If it could come that close to losing to a it, it could lose to any of those teams you mentioned. And, and another thing to consider, Bryce Young's had a shoulder injury on his throwing shoulder. He's had it before. If Bryce Young goes out, the, <laughs> Alabama's in big trouble. And, and I think they could get to the SEC championship. I think they could, but can they win that game? You know, whether it's against Georgia or Tennessee, because that's what they would need to do to make the playoffs. You know, it's not just to win the West. They have no margin for error now. Not only do they have to beat all those teams in the West that I just mentioned, they then would have to beat Georgia or Tennessee, win the SEC, and get into the playoff as the SEC champion. Because I don't see, they're not going to get in as a two-loss team losing the SEC championship. Don't Don't see how that would happen. So, they have to run the table to get to the playoff, and that's, I think it's hard to see right in, in this moment. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking, well, if if Bryce Young throws 40 passes and completes all 40 of them, they could beat anybody, but he can't count on his receivers catching 40 passes. They're gonna no, drop they drop at least yeah half a dozen of them at least. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go back to the East. This Tennessee team, I mean, I have a feeling what you're going to say since you'd have them ranked number one right now, so would I. Contender or pretender for the playoff for the Vols? Very much a contender, a really strong contender. I I don't – it's going to be so difficult to beat Tennessee because of that offense. And it'll make some plays on defense. It'll, It'll make some clutch plays on defense. But the offense is ahead of everybody right now. We've seen that in the past in college football when you're just ahead of everybody. And it's not just because of talent. It's more because of Josh Heupel, the coach. He's one of the best offensive coaches ever in this league. And uh, he's got, what are they averaging, 47, something like that? I mean, in the SEC, even an offensive era, that's pretty – that's pretty stunning. Uh, a commentator uh, Saturday, I forgot which one. There's a million of them. Uh, compared them to LSU's team in 2019 that won the national championship that had Joe Burrow and all those great receivers. We're starting to see as this offense unfurls, we're starting to see, well, maybe there's more talent than we realize that those receivers might be very much elite receivers, certainly. Jalen Hyde showing that. And remember, what it, 52 points against Alabama without its best receiver, uh, Cedric Tillman, injured. So, yeah, it's very much a contender. And the schedule, it's played a tougher schedule already than what's ahead. I, I don't see how anybody other than Georgia could beat Tennessee in the, the rest of the way. 
And you can make a case that even if Tennessee loses to Georgia, they could still find themselves into the playoff if they catch enough breaks elsewhere because they would have that win over Alabama, just the loss to what might be the number one, well, probably would be the number one team in the land in Georgia. They're ranked number one right now. They beat Tennessee. No reason to think that'll that'll change. So if they're sitting at 11-1, and one, even if they lose to Georgia, there's a path to the playoff for Tennessee. So, yes, I think very much a contender for the college football playoff. You you heaped the praise upon Josh Heupel. No argument from me there, John. I would add, though, that I don't know if this system is as simple as plug and play, and he has the right quarterback to do it. I mean, Hendon Hooker is playing so well right now, and he had a couple mistakes at, at the end of that Alabama game, but boy, by and large, he, he was fantastic just trading blows with Bryce Young and can run it, obviously can throw it. As you said, he's missing what was his top target last year in Cedric Tillman while well, he's found a new top target in Jalen Hyatt. You know, Josh Heupel is, is acting as if Cedric Tillman will be back at some point this season. You get him back. And the, the other thing about Tennessee, their offensive line does a nice job in, in protecting Hinden Hooker. He usually gets the ball, rid of the ball pretty quickly. I mean, he, he's operating this offense at an elite level. When your offense is that good, when your quarterback in particular is that good, you are a playoff contender, no questions asked. All right, last one, Ole Miss. They're 7-0. and I think poll voters maybe aren't totally buying the Rebels. You still see Alabama ranked ahead of Ole Miss, even though Alabama has lost Tennessee. But Ole Miss is going to have a chance to prove it here. There's no reason to panic if you're an Ole Miss fan of, well, why aren't they higher in the polls? They're undefeated. Well, their, their tougher games are still ahead. And if they they start rattling off wins in those games, it starts at LSU this week, they're going to start climbing in the polls. That's no problem. But from what you've seen from undefeated Ole Miss, Coming off a win against Auburn that was starting to get lopsided. Auburn rallies a little bit. Ole Miss wins by two touchdowns. Is Ole Miss a contender or a pretender for the college football playoff? That's a tough one because I really like Lane Kiffin as a coach, and I really like the way Ole Miss is played. However, what's its marquee win? I, I guess Kentucky is the marquee win. What hurt Ole Miss was... Will Levis not playing against South Carolina and then Kentucky losing that game, that took the shine off that win a little bit. I guess what troubles me about Ole Miss, if it would have won that Kentucky game more handily, it, it if it was scoring more points against Kentucky, I would feel better about it. But I think I'll have to go uh, pretender there. But I would like to be wrong because I would like to see an, another team, a new team, uh, emerge as a championship contender from this conference. I think I would agree with you, John, and I might. I, I think we'll be better equipped to have the debate on Ole Miss a week from now. Not that LSU is is a juggernaut of the sport right now, but you know, I think LSU is is one of the better teams in, in the SEC. I would have to put them in the top half of the of the conference at this point. I know they got blown out by Tennessee just a couple weeks ago, but that starts to look a little bit different now that we can have the debate of whether Tennessee is the number one team in the nation. 
LSU goes on the road, beats Florida. They've beat Auburn. They've beat Mississippi State. Ole Miss will be at LSU this weekend. So I think we can start to have a better debate about Ole Miss, you know, as, as soon as a week from now, once we see what happens at LSU game. If they, if they beat LSU by a comfortable margin, you know, they don't even have to blow them out like Tennessee, but win by a couple scores, look good doing it, then yeah, I think we would have to say at that point, playoff contender. At this point, I, I'm still with you. I, I think I think they are a pretender and more of a contender for say, um, you know, a New Year's six game like a like a sugar bowl or an orange bowl. They were in the sugar bowl last year. That feels like to me maybe more what this team is, you know, a ten and two type team that's in in the running for for a Sugar Bowl bid. I, I think we both pull for the story. And, and really, the best story would be an SEC championship game with unbeaten Tennessee and unbeaten Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin, the former <laughs> Tennessee coach and the current Ole Miss coach. It, I mean, go back to last year's game with the mustard bottles and, and uh, golf balls descending from the upper reaches of Neyland Stadium and yeah, you, you got to pull for that. So I hope I'm wrong about Ole Miss being a pretender. Did you see Lane on Saturday, John? He goes on college game day in the morning and says, go Vols, you know, let's beat the state of Alabama together. Uh-huh. Of course, you know, Ole Miss was playing Auburn, and they got it done. Uh, Ole Miss beat Auburn, and Tennessee beats Alabama. And then later, the game's coming down to the wire. Ole Miss's game's finished, and Lane's found himself to a TV or streaming device right before Chase McGrath's winning field goal for Tennessee. Lane tweets, make it this time. You know, Chase McGrath had missed an extra point earlier in the game. He's just openly rooting for the Vols, which, you know, you could say from a division perspective, I get that. Like, you know, from <laughs> Ole Miss's standing, you're better yeah. off with Alabama losing. But I think it's more than that. Lane just loves flirting uh, with Tennessee from afar. Of course, he coached there one season before – you know, jilting them in favor of USC, but he he still flirts with the Vols from from afar, and there he was cheering on the the orange and white on on Saturday. It was it was classic. And I I think the the Tennessee fans sometimes some don't know what to think about him. Some like him, some don't like him. But it's it's kind of a mixed bag. Yeah, everybody has an opinion on yes. Lane Kiffin. All right, John, let's get into some of these other teams in in the SEC. Um, you posed a question to me I thought was interesting the other day, and and so we'll we'll discuss it the, here. Which team in the SEC, you know, not not among the four that we've mentioned, the four front runners at this point, but somebody else, kind of a middle of the pack team in the SEC that maybe there's not a ton of buzz around right now. Are you believing they can jumpstart their season? And maybe not achieve everything that was laid out for them at the beginning of the year, but they're going to jumpstart this and and finish things a lot better than than what they started. You got you got somebody in mind that fits that category. Reluctantly, I do. I'll go with Texas A and M. A perennial disappointment. It seems it's had an awful start. Crushing loss to App State, which no one saw coming. Really getting hammered by Mississippi State, and then that. That narrow loss to Alabama. I, I'm looking at that. I'm I'm trying to see silver lining in the Alabama loss. Did Jimbo Fisher go to goes to his team and says, 
we we almost beat a top five team. We were right there and uh, playing with our backup quarterback who started before, but nonetheless, and he was he wasn't hundred percent. So I think that's a starting point, and the schedule lightens up for the Aggies. So I'll go with Texas A and M without much confidence. It seems like well, not a lot of confidence, but let's remember that they did have a great recruiting class. And some of those more of those freshmen um, could emerge in the second half of the season. We see that oftentimes where the freshmen later in the year, they come on and we've already seen wide receiver Evan Stewart show that he could be a big time player in this league. So he's a freshman. So I'll go with, I'll stick with A&M. Okay. I've, I've kicked around a couple here, John. I initially thought, well, what about Kentucky? I was, I was ready to start shoveling the dirt on this Kentucky season after they lost to South Carolina, but then, you know, they bounced back last week. Wasn't always pretty, but I got to give Will Levis a lot of credit. I mean, he's a guy who's a projected first round NFL draft pick. And in, in this era of college football, some of the talking heads, even some of the coaches will say, ah, guys don't care about this like they used to. They're they're just ready for the next paycheck. Well, if Will Levis was ready for his his paycheck, he could just shut her down right now because at this point he's dislocated a finger, he's suffered a foot injury, he suffered a, a a shoulder injury in that game against Mississippi State. And as he put it to the SEC Network's Cole Kubelik afterwards, he got the quote magic shot, and and then he was fine. And he said, well. It's, my non-throwing shoulder, kind of like, who needs that anyway? You know, <laughs> I just thought, you know, if he wanted to endear himself to Kentucky fans, he, he absolutely did it Saturday and credit credit there. So I, I, w- I was tempted to maybe go with with Kentucky and thought eh, maybe I was too quick on 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 that. And, and perhaps I was. I, I think the win over Mississippi State proves that. But they still have their their two toughest games on the schedule ahead of them. They're at Tennessee and then they have Georgia in November. I'm not ready to say Kentucky's going to turn this season around because I think that would require beating one of those teams for me to put them in that category. Then I go back to my two preseason dark horses, Arkansas and Mississippi State. I think both of them, Arkansas has certainly been disappointing to this point. They did beat BYU on Saturday. Mississippi State is another one of those Jekyll and Hyde moments from Mike Leach's teams, he, he's got losses to LSU and Kentucky. And he's got wins over Texas A&M, Arkansas. Do I go with one of them? Well, yes, I am, John. And I'm going back to Arkansas. The team I was pounding the drum for in the preseason said, this is the, this is the number two team <laughs> in the SEC West. It's not Texas A&M, it's Arkansas. Well, I was probably right. It's not Texas A&M. But then it didn't look good for for Arkansas. But hey, KJ Jefferson's back now. Defense still not convinced they can stop anybody, but will they will they need that defense down the stretch? I mean, here's the schedule. Here's what gives me some hope for Arkansas, John. They're they got a bye week, off week, open date, whatever you want to call it, this weekend. All right, time to time to regroup a little bit defensively. Then they're coming back. They're at Auburn. Auburn's not looking real threatening to anybody at this moment. Then they have Liberty at home. Liberty pretty good, you know, from the group of five ranks, but at home, I think they can get Liberty at home 
against LSU at home against Ole Miss and then on the road at Missouri to close. So they're sitting at four and three right now. I'm saying they can rally here and they're not going to attain my preseason lofty projection, but they could rally to like an eight and four finish and salvage the season after a three and three start. What do you think? Should I have just buried the hogs or am I setting myself up here to be heard, heard again by this prediction? What, or, or, or what do you think? Can they, can they bounce back or am I crazy? Um, I think you have hog fever. Uh, <laughs> and I hesitate to say swine flu, but, uh, yeah, you, you've put me in a difficult position because I wrote him SEC picks column as an aside that you were officially off the Arkansas bandwagon. I so was, now, but I've caught up with it. So you, so, you it actually, down after, yeah. so I don't have to, I don't have to uh, publish a correction. Is no, what? I was off. Oh, okay. I you're off, off and you're back on. Okay. Mm-hmm. What no, have you done I, for me lately? Well, I never thought Arkansas would beat uh, BYU. Uh, and it, it did so with relative ease. And uh, so, yeah, you look at the schedule and it's set up. Uh, for Arkansas, and that's that's a troublesome game lo- looming for Ole Miss, which is trying to stay in this championship race. So, yeah, I, I think that's a good pick. In fact, it's I think about it, it's probably a better pick than my than mine with Texas A and M. I think I'm just a sucker for exciting quarterbacks, John. And so Arkansas, you know, they lose that state to Mississippi, lose the game to Mississippi State a couple weeks ago. They didn't have KJ Jefferson in that game. And, you know, the final score wound up being pretty lopsided. Arkansas's defense, you know, they still are very suspect. But K.J. Jefferson, back in the lineup against BYU, throws for over 360 yards, five touchdowns. The guy can run it, too. It's like those good quarterbacks. It's like a siren's call. I get <laughs> They sucker me in, and I kind of ignore maybe some of the other problems on the on the team more than I should. And so now that KJ Jefferson's back, I'm thinking, okay, Arkansas is going to bounce back here. They can get to they can get to eight wins. We'll well, and, and you mentioned another quarterback, Will Levis, who some people think could be the first player drafted. And, and so I don't know that the league's ever been this good at quarterback. Uh, I mean, even guys that haven't had a great season have had great games. So. I think it's okay to heed that siren's call for QBs. <laughs> fool me once, fool me twice. We'll see fool how me far. three, four times. I'm, I'm st- <laughs> standing by my QBs. Well, I've been fooled a lot in our pick segment of the podcast. <laughs> nice and segue. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that better with the segues maybe than the picks. Uh, you've opened up a comfortable four game lead on me john after really my third terrible week in a row uh but what is it the uh the darkest comes before the dawn i don't yeah, know if that's true i'm usually not up that early. the storm too uh, uh, no that's not that's not a good one uh, <laughs> well anyway maybe it's going to be one of those cliches darkest. i i i even i'm embarrassed to say my record right now but we're all about transparency here on the podcast, I'm 13 and 25 in my picks against the spread. The last three weeks, I've gotten just one game right 
in each week. That's hard to do against the spread. I mean, Eh. it's really, to me, it's once the line is set, you're flipping a coin. So that tells me you are absolutely due for a breakout big payday week this weekend. Mm-hmm. Just stay at the table, buy more chips, and you haven't mm-hmm. lost till you stand up from the table. Uh, keep okay, doubling you, up. When you lose, just keep doubling up. It'll come back to you. You got a four-game lead over me. You are 17-21 and 21 in the, the great fight <laughs> to get back to 500. And we got some games to get after this week. Uh, a few SEC teams are off, but there's a couple, couple big games in the SEC. Let's start with Alabama. John, Mississippi State is at Alabama this week. Two teams coming off of a loss. Hard to know what to make of Mississippi State. They looked great against Arkansas. They didn't look great against Kentucky. You never know what you're going to get out of them. I I tried to think this was a different team, but I don't know. It still seems like the Jekyll and Hyde. Alabama, we've we've unpacked the some of the, the glaring signs that we're starting to see there, but they still have Bryce Young. It's at home. Alabama is 21 and a half point favorite. What do you think? Can the tide bounce back with authority and cover this 21 and a half point spread? Alabama absolutely annihilated Mississippi State last year. Again, making your point, you do not know what to expect from Mississippi State. You would expect Alabama to bounce back, but 21 and a half points. I, I, I'm taking the Bulldogs. If if Alabama beats them more than that, I'm I I jump on and off the the Mike Leach bandwagon. I'm officially off it. If he if they get beat if they can't cover getting 21 and a half points. I, I'm reeling right now, John, from my recent week performance. My head's just spinning. I you're, look you're, at these games and I'm like, I don't know what I'd do. I don't I want know, anything I, to do well, with this line. I don't want I, anything I'm, to do with 21 and a half points because I, I mean, I think Alabama is going to win. I don't think it's going to, you know, be a game that comes down to the wire. But that 21 and a half points, it's it scares the heck out of me because it's like. I could see this being a, a, a 41-20 game or 41-21. I mean, either side of the line. It's like, oh, man, I'm scared crazy by this line. But <laughs> got to do it. I got to do it. And and I'm going to say Alabama bounces back with authority. They, they, they start the march toward, uh, yes, they're going to get to the playoffs. That, that's going to be the, the narrative coming out of this after they bounce back. I don't think they're going to get to the playoffs, but I don't think you'll know that based on this game. I, I think they're they're going to do it. They're going to bounce back. They're going to win big. Mississippi State's struggles this year have been on the road. They lost to LSU on the road. They lost to Kentucky on the road. This one's on the road. It's night game. Bryant Denny, I'm going to say Alabama rolls big and covers this 21.5-point spread, which means they probably won't. Well, I, I think both of us, because I'm not doing that much better than you, and, and it was last week I looked at the games, and it's like when you're hitting games and your record's pretty good, you you pick the games that you, I feel good about. I didn't feel good about any of the picks. Mm-hmm. You, you just have that feel. See, I don't feel good about this pick. I don't think, man, that's a good pick. Yeah, I've, no, I play. I, I like to play blackjack, John. It's like when you're struggling at the table and that 15 or 16 comes up and you just uh, know, I'm busting. I'm busting. And when you're on a heater, you're like, oh, they're flipping over a four. I'm, I'm backing my way into 20 here. But I, 
I'm not feeling that way right now. I'm seeing a bunch of bus coming out, but well, e- neither one of us are bowl eligible yet. <laughs> no, we have to point that out. No, we're going to need our academic performance to get us in a, a five and seven record. Like when they don't have enough teams, they got to take the academic champions to fill out the bowl games at five and seven. All right. Speaking of academic champions, another good segue. Vanderbilt is at Missouri this week. Two titans of our sport. Missouri, 15 and a half point favorite. That's showing some disrespect on the doors. I'm going to lead off here, John. I think I think Vanderbilt is stumbling their way to semi-competence, and I say that despite the fact that um, they just had like their, their limbs removed against Georgia this week. I, I ignore that. When, you, when you're looking at a bad team, I don't look at what they do against the best teams on their schedule. I look at what they do against maybe someone a little closer to their ballpark, right? Vanderbilt was semi-competitive against Wake Forest. They they beat Northern Illinois. They beat Hawaii. Hawaii's so, one of the worst teams in college I, football, I, I isn't know. it? I was, I, I was hoping okay. you wouldn't point that out, John. <laughs> so I, I think they're a little more competent than they were last year. So they're going to lose on the road to Missouri. But will they do so by the, by the 15 and a half point spread here? I'm going to say, no, they don't. Vander, taking Vanderbilt in the points. They'll cover. They'll lose by two touchdowns. They're going to they're gonna cover the spread, though. They lose by 14. I'll take Vanderbilt. Trying to remember because uh, Missouri's not prominent on my radar. <laughs> on whose radar would it be prominent? But what was Missouri's last game? They lost to Georgia in a close one. They lost to Florida in a close one. They were off last week. So they've had three crush, soul-crushing losses in a row. Close loss to Auburn. Close loss to Georgia. Close loss to Florida. Open date. And we know the best coaches and the best teams, how they come back off open dates. You give Lyle Drinkwitz an open date, what's he going to do? Uh, no, I'll ponder that and get back to you. Uh, also... Playing in the hostile environment that Columbia, Missouri can produce, I, I just that's a factor too. Uh, Vanderbilt team would probably run out there and say, Boy, I wish we had this kind of support. Hmm. No, nobody else says that, but gosh, this game, I don't know. I just I can't imagine giving any Missouri opponent that many points. And at first, I took Vanderbilt. I just don't know who to. I just don't know which one to pick. So you're just going to abstain? <laughs> I, I would have done that. I would have done a lot. Of, and then I'm I'm angry at myself for even early in the year when I saw both teams. I thought Vanderbilt could beat Missouri. Sure. Back it up here, John. Take the doors. They're getting fifteen and a half. I'm writing it down. I'm writing the V. I'm taking Vanderbilt. There it is. Oh, God. There it is. Sick, sick feeling in my stomach. That sinking feeling you get. Just yeah, like, like an anchor. Like an yeah, anchor. Yeah, just like anchor down, down, mm-hmm. down. 
I, all I right. Well, you you are all over the the Texas A and M bounce back train here, so I'll give you an opportunity to back that up. Texas A and M's on the road this week. South Carolina, the Aggies are three and a half point favorites. Dare I even ask? I mean, you're going with the Aggies to cover that three and a half point spread, right? Yes, I am standing by my convictions. Uh, South Carolina beat Kentucky because Kentucky doesn't have a, but one quarterback who can play in this league and nothing against whatever that guy's name is. Um, I kind of blocked it out. I, I mean, Kaya Sharon. Sure. what? Kaya Sharon. Uh, yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still don't know the name. Uh, so yeah, I'll go with, the, I'll go with Texas A&M. Um, I just am not sold on Missouri and well, I, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Like, yeah, I'm going with Texas A&M. No, no analysis is needed. I don't well, have to. Texas A&M's playing South Carolina, not Missouri. You're just, you're still haunted by that Vanderbilt pick or what? Yeah, I, I just, I don't feel good about any of this, but go ahead. You can't get the Tigers off your brain. Uh, yeah, I'm going with A&M as well. Two teams that I think are toward the bottom of, of the SEC in South Carolina and A&M, but I guess I like A&M a little bit better. I don't don't feel much conviction behind that one either, but game I'll be at on Saturday, John, Ole Miss at LSU. Ole Miss, just a point and a half favorite, one and a half point favorite. Tells you the odds makers, they're not totally all in on the Rebels yet. They're They're waiting to see more. Undefeated at Tiger Stadium Saturday. I'll bat lead off on this one. I think Ole Miss gets it done. I think they will win a a thrilling affair, maybe a high scoring affair. I think it'll be close, but it's all right if it's close. They only need to cover one and a half. I'll take Ole Miss. Another difficult pick. And as I said, I want Ole Miss to keep winning, winning because it's uh, – the possibility of a really good story in that SEC championship game, we, we just don't get that kind of story too often. Uh, but LSU, I think, is getting better. I, I think I'm going to take LSU. When I was a kid growing up in Louisiana and just 20 minutes, 20 miles from the Mississippi border, that game was a huge deal. They were playing for number one in the country back in 58 and 59 when I was a kid. And we had in our town, we had um, all some Ole Miss fans. And that's in Tiger Stadium. I just think that some of that old hatred will get LSU fans motivated. It'll be a hostile environment and uh, LSU will prevail. But again, as with my other picks, I don't feel particularly good about it. Well, I know a team you feel good about, John, is UCLA. That's We're going to step outside the SEC for a pick here before we get to our lock mm-hmm. of the week. UCLA is at Oregon. You've been high on la-la land out there. You like visiting Southern California anyway. Maybe you're just suckered in by that. But Oregon's at home. UCLA's undefeated, but Oregon as the home team is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Who you like? Do I even have to ask? I think you like those powder blue uniforms. I do. Look, I love UCLA uniforms. I love UCLA campus. I think it's one of the best campuses in the country. And even though it's in the LA Metroplex, it's as though you're sheltered from all that. It's like it carved out this little niche and put 
UCLA there, and you feel like you're in a college environment. Uh, at least I did, and uh, and I love its stadium. I think it's one of the the best game day settings in the country uh, in the Rose Bowl. Look, if I would have been smarter, better adjusted, came from a wealthier family, I would have probably gone to UCLA. All those things had fallen into place, but uh, didn't work out. You, and I went you, to LSU. Did they take ACT, SATs back in your day, John? Were they, what were they doing there? What was the? Yeah, I, you know, but it didn't matter. Nothing was at stake. I knew I could score high enough to get into LSU. <laughs> I mean, are you kidding? So as long as yeah, you sat the I test, did, you were fine. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I scored in the lowest 15 percentile in the nation on the science because I got bored on standardized tests and I just just started marking. Mm-hmm. putting in letters i didn't care and it was reflected in my score so uh yeah and but lsu yeah. said come on in john we Gosh, welcome hey, you with open you know, arms <laughs> yeah you could raise our standards here you know we're all about academics and we appreciate your coming here have they inducted you john before i make my pick here have they inducted you into the lsu communications hall of fame because i was talking to paul feinbaum over the weekend I was just floored by this. Feinbaum, who, of course, graduated from Tennessee, and he's a longtime columnist in Birmingham and and talk show host, but Alabama inducted him to their communications Hall of Fame over the weekend. It's like Alabama didn't, did they not know Paul went to UT? Have you been, so how about that for Paul? He's getting inducted into Halls of Fame that he at schools he didn't even go to. It's all name recognition, to, isn't it? I don't you, know if they did even, you get inducted to any Hall of Fame? Halls no, of fame in there? fact, no, in fact, uh, but I, I'm not in the LSU School of Journalism Hall of Fame, and mm-hmm. and I and all, you know, I I really feel like I should be, but I it, it, the school is named after Douglas Manship, who owned the paper when I was a columnist in Baton Rouge, and. He thought I was too critical of LSU and I think was getting ready to fire me. He owned the paper and he had that kind of power. So I took a job in Pittsburgh. And in case you're wondering, I'm not in the Pittsburgh Hall of Fame either. Are you, um, you're, you're no Hall of Fame. Well, yeah, I'm in a couple of Hall of Fames. Mm, but Hall, I don't of, want to. Hall of Famer in my book, John. Well, uh, I, I like anyway. <laughs> and I like your pick of UCLA. I'm gonna I'm gonna take that as well. You, Sorry, you were you are? finished? You got yeah, I'm taking UCLA. Were you, you no, finished let's there? Talk, you get let, let's about talk. you more more about you getting fired in Baton Rouge or almost let, let, getting fired. You didn't get fired. No, I've never been fired. Um <laughs> let, <laughs> yeah, that's the title of your third book. I've never been fired. <laughs> True underdog I, story. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I I really love UCLA's offense. That quarterback, whose name I can never get right, DTR. Dorian Thompson Robinson. You just need the letters, DTR. DTR. I've watched that guy since he was a freshman, and I didn't think he'll ever throw well enough consistently to be good, but he's throwing. He's gotten better every year he can run. Uh, I really like UCLA in that game. All right, our locks of the week, John. I've been really struggling the last several weeks with my locks of the week. I've been just committed to picking games from the group of five that hasn't worked out for me. I think the last time I got one, right, I picked a power five team. So we're finally leaving the group of five behind. I'm getting back into the power five for my lock of the week, Iowa 
<laughs> is at Ohio State this week. Ohio State coming off an open date. Iowa can't score. Most teams have had problems scoring against Iowa, but Ohio State's not your average team. They can score against anybody. They've had they've had an extra week to prepare for this Hawkeyes defense. 28 and a half is a lot of points. Ohio State's good at covering those big point spreads. They can pile it up 28, 35, doesn't matter. They can they can run it up. So I'm going to say the Buckeyes cover 20, 28 and a half points at home against Iowa. Yeah, that, that seems like a sound pick. Uh, do you remember when you one of your locks last came through for you? Do you think mm, back that far? I cannot Did, recall. You know, I don't know if you do this, but I do this. I, I've got my lock of the week going into the games, and, you know, it's just – it's noon. The games are starting to kick off, and I'm thinking about all the different games. I go, why did I pick that game as my lock of the week? No, I more go with uh, just remorse over the game I picked. I usually don't say I should have picked that one. I was at the, I was covering the Tennessee Alabama game this week, uh-huh. and you know, of all the things I should have been thinking about, I guess during the game, it was during a stoppage of play, one of the 1700 stoppage of plays. You know, the ref said the previous plays under review, and I thought, I'm going to see what Eastern Michigan's doing because Eastern Michigan was my lock of the week last week, and I pulled up the Eastern Michigan score, and I thought, <laughs> What Whoops. was that score? And not what I needed it to be. It was really oh. lopsided. Northern Illinois trounced him. What's well, your... I, I reminded you about Rocky Lombardi. You the... did, yeah. yeah. Okay. But, I mean, Vanderbilt beat Northern Illinois. I thought, I thought yeah. uh, the Yipsies could do it. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm staying away from those uh, uh, group of five teams. I, I struggle with those picks, and I've gone and I'm going back to a team. I thought I, I'm going back. I'm going to pick Purdue. Who, uh, who are they playing? What's the line? Purdue is playing Wisconsin, and I thought Purdue should be favored. You said Wisconsin was two and a half point favorite. That's right. Purdue's getting two and a half. I mean, didn't Wisconsin fire its coach? Yeah, they've been better since then. They've bounced back. They just beat Sparty. Just beat Michigan State on the road last weekend. How good is Sparty? Terrible. I really like Jeff Brom as a play caller. Watched him in that Music City Bowl. Put up a ton of points on Tennessee. Really good play caller. And I think he'll do the same uh, to Wisconsin. All right. We'll see how it goes. We'll see if we... uh have any more clarity on our playoff contenders or pretenders that may be the more relevant we, topic coming we out could do that every week sure pretender contender yeah all right no pretenders on this podcast thanks for listening to this edition of sec football unfiltered